Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Every Thursday, head coach Dino Papers joins Brent Axe to talk orange football. Brought to you by Empower Federal Credit Union. We are the pulse of the orange. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Bayheim! Wow, does that silence it a little bit? DeVito backs up, throws deep, has Harris right side, and the catch at the five, and he tumbles into the end zone. That's a touchdown from 46, and the Orange are rolling. The Bills make me want to Allen looks to his left, fires left side. It's going to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Slam into this. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. Here on ESPN Radio, 97.7, ESPN Radio, heard on 96.5 FM, heard wherever you are, whatever you are doing via the ESPN app, and this is a gorgeous day to be listening remotely for sure, wherever you are. Our sun shining, maybe your apple picking. Pick up some honey crisp for me, please. Uh, speaking of apple picking, by the way, uh, we're actually going to show this to our QSportsTalk.com viewers during one of our exclusive QSportsTalk.com breaks. Uh, really funny video with Buddy Beheim and apple picking that we will show you uh, during one of the breaks. But uh, if that's what you're doing, whatever you're doing, with a gorgeous weekend ahead here in central New York, uh, keep in mind that you can take us with you to all of those places via the ESPN app. So great ways to take in the show right there. Like that's enough. You could push away from the table and be like, that was a good meal. But then the waiter comes around and he shows you the dessert tray and you're like, game on. QSportsTalk.com, friends, is where you can watch the show. You can chat throughout the show. So it's one thing to call us at 437-7644. You express your opinion. The world hears it. And you move on. That's fine. That's that's all well and good. But in the live chat, you can do that as many times as you'd like throughout the show. You don't even have to discuss what I'm talking about. The chat takes on a life of its own sometimes. So get in there. And as mentioned, when the radio audience goes to commercial breaks, our friends viewing AccuseSportsTalk.com do not. And if you are a Amazon subscriber, we would encourage you to subscribe to QSportsTalk.com because it's free, first of all. And if you take that step and subscribe, everyone in the month of September that does that, you're going to get a QSportsTalk.com T-shirt. I don't even have one of those. Come on now. Giddy up. We've got a great football Friday lined up for you today. Excited, as always, to dig into the National Football League. Brian Drake, our fantasy expert, will join us. At 520, some injuries starting to pile up, so how will you adjust if needed? And all the fantasy advice you need for the weekend, the big NFL matchups, big college football matchups, 
Giant fans, if you need to vent a little bit here, Uncle Brent's standing by. There's one thing you should be encouraged by from that game last night, but most of it was kind of more of the same. And you're right there. It's that commercial, the guy with the, the, the dollar bill on the fishing line. Ooh, 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 ooh. You almost got it. So it's football Friday and a lot to get into. We'll go on the blind side. We'll certainly talk Syracuse football here as we get ready for Albany. Don't forget our pregame coverage starting at 9 a.m. Breakfast with Uncle Brent. Talking Syracuse football, then we'll kick it up to the quad with Stephen Fonte and James Mungro and right till kickoff and then all the postgame festivities on the radio and at QSportsTalk.com as we enter another QS football game day. I have to admit a more interesting game day than you would think with Albany. And, And that's a lesson there that we have to remind you of is to just kind of not brush aside these FCS games, lower-level games, however you you want them to be. I'm not going to try and pretend they're going to lose that football game. And Boy, if you can, I would bang the over. The over-under on this game, 44. I mean, I know Vegas knows, and you never want to mess with Vegas, but 44 is the over-under? That's it. It's, it's almost too easy, right? I'm sure Scooter will have some thoughts on that as we try and beef up the uh, usually we try to beef up the Sofiax College Fund, but we're going to try and beef up the uh, Brent Axe has to pay the vet fund today. And I just wanted to take a moment here at the top of the show to thank everybody that reached out yesterday. Um, so I was not here, as you know. Thanks, first of all, to Stephen Fonte and Pauly Sibilia for pinch hitting with Coach Babers, as we usually talk to Coach every Thursday. Thanks, Brent. Yeah, we appreciate you doing that, Coach, and doing it live. We'll do it live! With Paulie and Steve, usually Uncle Brent chats with uh, Dino, but uh, I had uh, I had a very very stressful day uh, dealing with uh, some some kitty cat issues. As if some of you have been listening to the show, and I, I discussed this during our QSportsTalk.com breaks as well, it's it's been an adventure the past week. Uh, the good news is that our, our little uh, kitty cat Contour is he's knock on wood. Say a little prayer for him. I think he's going to pull through. I think he's doing all right. But he's had a rough couple of weeks, for sure. He's, he's resting comfortably now, and I, I think, fingers crossed, everything's going to be okay with him. But uh, it, was, it was kind of a hairy day yesterday, kind of dealing with that, and uh, it was very stressful. So to those of you that reached out and uh, were, were just hung over from the Foo Fighters show, <laughs> needed a day off after being up so late, and what a thing that was, as we'll get into shortly, but... Thank you. Thanks to everybody that, that pinch hit and moved things around. And, uh, boy, I'm going to leave somebody out. But Paulie and Steve, Tyler, Katie over at Syracuse University. Uh, Katie, Coach Baver, Secretary Coach Bavers for being willing to adjust on the fly, do it live. And we'll do it live. And just uh, I'm forgetting some people. Certainly uh, shout out to Compassionate Care, Dr. Endress, and his amazing staff for what they do every day, frankly, but uh, what they have done the past couple of weeks, especially yesterday, for a little contour, and uh, hopefully he'll pull through. He's 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 okay right now. Let's you know, knock on wood and, and hope everything's going in the right direction. Okay, so briefly before we get into football, I wasn't here yesterday, so that Foo Fighters concert was incredible. I'm sure most of you know the story by now, but briefly, if you do not, it was literally a minute from not happening. Literally. Foo Fighters stuck on the tarmac in New York City, ready to fly here. They're holed on the tarmac for four hours because of fog and weather issues. 
And as Dave Grohl said when he took the stage, I can't repeat everything he said verbatim, but it was like basically we almost didn't bleep and make it here tonight, and they're hanging on the tarmac just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and they decide at 8.20, if we can't be in the air, we can't get there on time. At 8.19, they got the clearance to get here, and they got the police escort in, and it was an interesting night out at the St. Joseph's Health Amphitheater, a lot of fans getting antsy. Look, I I don't want I I don't want to be too critical here, but listen, that opening act was terrible. They were terrible. I just no offense, guys. You got an opportunity to play. You were put in a really bad spot. I I don't envy going out there when people are expecting the Foo Fighters, the freaking Foo Fighters, to take the stage at eight at eight thirty, and there's some band nobody's heard of, and and right away we're like, oh, this this is bad. So. All told, what made me the happiest was, look, I, I got to cross off Foo Fighters, the number one on my on my live show bucket list. That paled in comparison to the fact that my skeptical child being brought to a real rock show, how she would embrace it, how she would accept it if she would have a good time, she rocked out. She's a fan now. She's a little skeptical going in, hadn't really seen Foo Fighters, and I'm like, listen, just go. If anything, you're going to get to experience one of the great rock bands in the world right now, one of the great live bands in the world right now. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. You can say you tried it first. And she rocked out. And she's a fan for life. So thanks to Dave Grohl and Foo Fighters and County Executive Ryan McMahon, and I'm going to leave out a lot of names here, but a lot of things had to happen for them to get here, and they did, and all was well, and it was an incredible show. But you got to stay out really late on a school night, so that was cool. Okay, now, those two things aside, that actually leads me into this Syracuse football thing with the quarterbacks. Because it's what I just said about taking my daughter to a show. It's like, okay, well, just try it. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I think Dino's in quite a spot here. You ideally don't want to be three games into a season and then have to declare, as he did here on ESPN Syracuse yesterday, about making a decision about your quarterback. But the time has come to do just that. Well, we're going to make a decision after this game. So I would love clarity. If not, we'll still make a decision after this game. Even if it's not 100%, this is who the job belongs to. They're going to make a call on that. A little bit more from Dino yesterday right here on ESPN Syracuse. Both guys are aware of the plan, and the plan is predetermined. But I also – I also, uh, I. Also, you have to have liberties to change the plan if need be. But they both know uh, what my thoughts are, and uh, we'll exercise that. And then after this game, we're going to have to uh, decide. On what he wants from those quarterbacks. What's he looking for? I would like to see some clicking. I'd like to see the ball spread around from a throwing standpoint, all different areas. It doesn't matter whether they hit numerous, various receivers or stick with one or two receivers. I think that the command of the offense and just kind of that uh, that swag that they can go out there and they can do this and the team wants to follow. Look, folks, I think what we're seeing here clearly is the last stand for Tommy DeVito. This is Dino Baber's way of saying, look, if you don't grab this job now, I got to move on. When he talks about spreading the ball around, now there are some coaching things here, but and, and coaches have to be careful, particularly at the college level, how they say these things. But I think this is Dino's way of saying, Tommy, 
this is your last chance to really show you're the guy. Because what Albany is going to present is a controlled environment. It's essentially being put into a shooting gallery. And you have the opportunity to go into that shooting gallery and fire as many bullets as you need to. Because Albany is a controlled experiment in the sense that your receivers are going to be open. You can spread out the offense. You can essentially do what you want to do. Now, I let me just throw, interject that for a moment. Albany's going to come in here and play this game like it's their Super Bowl. Shout out to Danny D'Amico, who I interviewed this week for Syracuse.com, and I hope you can read that. His entire family is going to be at the Dome tomorrow. If you go to that game tomorrow, you're going to run into a member of their family. He's a CBA grad, all-Central New York, Mr. Football 2016, second-leading tackler on Albany. They're going to play their asses off, but they're just outmatched here. I think we know this, and this is what Syracuse has to take advantage of before they really have to amp it up, and that Liberty game is going to be the biggest litmus test I think this team is going to experience, perhaps in the entire season, of where they're at, who they match up with, a program that has just surged in recent years, the speed, the quarterback play is going to have to be on point because of the quarterback on the other side of the field. Like, There's a lot that's got to be sharpened this week. Now, my initial thought on this, and I think a lot of you felt this way and maybe still do, is what can you prove against Albany? Now, what I would say about that is be careful about these games. Remember against Rhode Island a few years back, Terrell Hunt goes down and we discover that Eric Dungy can play football. Albany is not on Villanova's level, but Villanova came in and came, what, one play away from beating Syracuse in 2014. Even when Syracuse handled their business against Holy Cross two years ago, that's a game that DeVito got hurt. He played hurt the rest of the year and, frankly, shouldn't have been in that game in that spot. So this is DeVito's last chance to, as Dino has said over and over again, remove all doubt, win the crowd, show it, right? This is that chance. I think everything he said short of, Tommy, you've got to do this, is pointing to that. Because if you don't, I gotta, I, I have to play this other guy. Now, I don't think the Albany game in some ways completely determines that. And if anything, I would say this. It's not what they do. It's what they don't do. It's the plays they don't connect to an open receiver. They don't see that third guy in their progression running the route that you should have thrown the ball to. It's more the don'ts than the do's tomorrow. Because I know what Tommy's capable of. We've all seen it. I'm still not quite sure what Schrader's capable of, but according to Babers, and again, I've heard this before, but it seems like it's more in the plans and Certainly the opportunity is more there against Albany. to Really give him an opportunity to say, go take the job. Go prove to me why you should be out there. Knowing it's Albany, but it's a hyper-focus on what they do, how they do it, the plays they run, who's running the offense, the decisions you're making, what you're seeing, and again, I think more importantly, what you're not seeing. And then you tell the team who the quarterback is and you move on. It's not to say that we'll never hear from the, the so-called loser of that competition again. But, yeah, it kind of feels like you got to make that call. you got to stop flirting and hand out a rose. We're at that moment. At least there's a little depth there 
depending on who. And look, this is all being set up for DeVito. Babers has been tied at the hip with DeVito since he recruited him, and he was his guy. And look, we've told this story a hundred times about the Elite 11, four-star status. That was the plan, and I completely understood that. We were all in on that and should have been on paper like, yes, this is what you need to do. This is the momentum you need to seize coming off those upsets and what happened earlier in the tenure. And it's like the heir apparent. It it just it couldn't have worked out better on paper. But DeVito, I think, has been the example of sometimes you lay a plan out there. And uh, Mike, as Mike Tyson once said, everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the mouth. But it is time for Babers to make that decision. It doesn't time well in terms of the opponent. But I don't think that matters. I think it's time to make that call. So what exactly can happen, again, in a, this is a lab experiment. There's a difference between a lab experiment and the real world. This is the closest thing that you can do from a football standpoint to combine the two. Babers has mentioned it. I don't know from practice. They don't get hit in practice. It's not live in practice. Ohio was a real football game that you had to prepare for. Certainly Rutgers was. This is the best opportunity for Dino in a preseason football-like environment to determine finally who the guy is. And those of you that have been critical of this and have said, well, he should have known by now, how come he hasn't made a decision by now, I can't push back on that too hard, right? Because you kind of have to know who your quarterback is, and it's hard to make that leap from practice, I understand. But Dino always had this in his back pocket. He had this game. If you were unsure of the first two games, at least I got this one to say, this is the closest thing I can get to combine what practice in a real game tells me. And it's Tommy's last Some people would say it should have been before this, but it's clearly Tommy's last chance to fully, in the eyes of many, say, this is my job, and you're not going to take it from me. Now, he was confident earlier this week, DeVito now, and said, I've I've proven what I need to prove. And I'm paraphrasing what he said. He's like, I've done my job. I've I've put it out there. It's, It's a coach's decision now. Has he, though? There's enough intrigue left there where some people are like, still do it. You can still do it. But a lot of people are like, I've seen enough. I've seen this movie before, and it's just not going to happen. Has Schrader been given enough of a window to fully edge out DeVito for the job? No. Is that completely his fault? No. Has the plan to do that been executed as well as it can be? I wasn't a big fan of last week against Rutgers. Coming in second quarter, because that's in both quarterbacks' heads. That's the downside of having two quarterbacks is feeling it out. And Dino said it in the clip I just played. He has the liberty to change the plan. The plan right now is what it is, but if somebody comes out there and is just rolling and is white hot, you don't take him off the field. If anything in that Rutgers game, DeVito's what seven for eight looked like he was gaining some sort of momentum, but the plan said put in Schrader. You should have scrapped your plan. I think Schrader still would have got in that game. Now, is this a game where they each get a half? It's essentially a tryout. Okay, we're down to the the two leads here to play the lead in in the school play here. And we're going to run it 
We're going to do, you're going to get act one, you're going to get act two, and based on that, we're going to decide who the lead is. That's what we're seeing tomorrow. A tryout. And as close to real time as you can get. Albany is not interested in helping you decide those things. It's just Albany's not good enough to run with Syracuse. Their offense has really struggled this year. Now, they played North Dakota State, who at that level has been a phenomenal. I'll say it. They've been a dynasty at that level. It's a close game. They play, I think, I mentioned Rhode Island. Was it was it Rhode Island they played? How come I'm having a brain cramp on that? But point being, Albany has not scored this year. They do not have the offense. They average 10 points per game. Even if Syracuse only plays three downs and hands them the football, like short of some sort of sports miracle here, they can't keep pace, especially with how good that Syracuse defense has played against, you know, Division One A level teams. So that's where you got to feel good about something funky is not going to happen. And maybe they'll make a couple of plays, but possession after possession, quarter after quarter as time goes by, they're going to get left in the dust. But will that tell us what we need to know about the most important position on the football field? Whether it does or not, Dino's making the call. Now, is Dino going to let us know what that call is? Because he always kind of leans on, well, we're not going to let our opponents know what's happening here, and I don't think he's going to exactly broadcast to Liberty who his quarterback is. But at this point, I think it'd be best if he did because I don't think you're going to hide anything from Liberty they don't know, particularly with the open tryout everybody's going to see tomorrow. And on that note, we will break. We will keep the conversation rolling. We'll keep the Football Friday discussion going. You're welcome to chime in on that, certainly. But on the other side here, Giant fans, my question for you is this. Who inspires you? Let that marinate a little bit. We'll discuss it next. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent X. Yeah, baby. Rocking through a football Friday here on the block, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. I, I couldn't convince him to do it. So when we came in today, as pointed out by uh, the the one and only Thomas Hogan, so Rick DiUlio got a haircut, but there was like a few hairs <laughs> whoever cut his hair missed that were just kind of flowing off the back, like a mini mullet flowing off the back of his head. I tried to get Rick to come in during the, the, the QSportsTalk.com break, and we were going to cut his, those few strands left. Believe there, I got scissors right here. What, Rick, you don't trust us? <laughs> There's only like four of them. I'd go get a refund if I were you. They kind of, they kind of missed a few there. But uh, also, uh, Grandpa out there, Mr. Gloomy Gus, who does not like the Foo Fighters, like the one person on planet Earth who does not like the Foo Fighters. My kid who is, she knows her music, she loves her music, she's got a certain kind of music she listens to. He, I even converted her. The Ulio over there is supposed to be the music expert in the building, Wikipedia. They're only the greatest freaking live rock band in the world, and he doesn't even like them. 
Rick Diulio. Rick Diulio. That freaking guy. Anyway, great, uh, great to have you back here. Or uh, if you're just joining on a Friday afternoon, a football Friday. Brian Drake's coming up a little later on this hour. We'll fix your fantasy football team, help you keep winning at fantasy football, and uh, offer you some suggestions for libations. The guy is drunk. For the weekend as well. God knows I need it after a, another stressful week of dealing with my cat, who, again, I appreciate all the nice messages yesterday. No, I was not hungover from the Foo Fighters show. I was dealing with a, a pet issue, and uh, knock on wood, you know, he's doing good today. He seems to be on the road to recovery, but it was, uh, it was a stressful Thursday for Uncle Brent. So thanks to Paulie and Steve and Coach Babers. And, uh, thanks, Brent. You know, thank you, Coach, for kind of adjusting on the fly yesterday and Tyler Cady over at Syracuse and uh, Coach's uh, secretary, the great Cady, and uh, everybody that kind of adjusted yesterday, Tommy and Jordan and the boys for kind of moving some things around to uh, accommodate uh, what was uh, – it was a stressful day, not going to lie, but uh, I think uh, good old Contour is going to pull on through, baby, so uh, say say a prayer for him. He's, he's hanging in there. He's a little bit of a fighter. Okay. Now, we got some football to get into. Okay, there's a quarterback decision that has to be made. I think this game is going to be interesting in some ways. Yes, it's Albany. It's a game that Syracuse should win, should cover. 44-and-a-half, by the way, over-under on that one. Why, why you got to mess with me, Vegas? Right? It's like, that's it? Syracuse might score 44 alone in this game, at least you think, but then they kind of slap that on there, and then it's only 23 and a half. You're like, what are you doing, right? I'd bang the over on cover. You would think, you would hope, right? It's almost as if they don't. People are going to be really, really upset (laughs) in this one. But there are some things I think you can't take away from the Albany game particularly in a controlled lab environment, if you will, that they're going to get. But uh, did, did, do you see that? Do you hear that, friends? Shh. Shh. Listen carefully. Because what you might hear in the distance is a little basketball talk. Oops. Oops. Because the schedule has been put out. So we can give we can give hoops a little a little talk here. We can give hoops a little love. I'll tell you what. Given the importance of non conference play and the metrics and the measures in which the NCAA tournament selection committee now uses to determine who gets in or out, this is going to be a really interesting early run for a Syracuse basketball team that has to develop some chemistry. It's got some new parts. Certainly, I think. One of the biggest questions you have to have about this team is how they play defense. It's an offensive-minded team. What usually comes first, the rhythm and the cadence and the chemistry of an offensive-minded team or establishing itself defensively? So Syracuse might be able to just score a bunch of points early as its defense settles in. But So you start the year with a few home games, and you got... Drexel's in there. That's an NCAA tournament team last year. Colgate, NCAA tournament team last year. You would think you take care of business in that run. You start with Lafayette, Drexel, Colgate. You got to come out of that 3-0, and but there were two tournament teams in there. So take that for what it's worth. But this run here where Syracuse goes to the battle for Atlantis, and in the battle for Atlantis, so you start with VCU. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you on September 17th, 
if I know how good or bad VCU is at this point. But we know VCU has made some runs in recent years. Solid team. Scrappy team early in the year. Can kind of get at you in that sense. You'll probably end up playing Baylor on Thanksgiving Day, by the way, giving us even more reason not to talk to Uncle Bob and his theories about ivermectin, which will be fantastic because both the Bills and Syracuse basketball will play on Thanksgiving this year. You go over there, Uncle Bob. I'm watching the game. They could play Michigan State. They could play, I mean, there's a number of, UConn. There's a, a lot of great games. Oh, look. Paulie is shamelessly walking in the studio because he forgot his keys. Hi, Paulie. Bye, Paulie. Wait, what do you have to say? Say your thing. We're all counting on you. Thank you, Paulie. Paulie Sibilia, ladies and gentlemen, forgot his keys in the studio and always comes in at inopportune times to say, have a great show. We're all counting on you. He's the best. Thank you, Paulie. So then you come out of the battle for Atlantis, and then you get Indiana at the Dome. Out of that, you've got Georgetown and Villanova. So I don't think they'll end up playing UConn in the battle for Atlantis. We'll see. But can you imagine if they end up playing UConn, Villanova, and Georgetown, which is great. It's, in theory, what you should do every offseason. The defending national champion between Drexel and Colgate, you could get a tougher game than, than you anticipate. In that non-conference schedule, we all know there's going to be a game or two that's closer than it should be. Doesn't look like it on paper, but ends up being one of those teams that makes a tournament run. Oh, by the way, in that uh, kind of battle for Atlantis, Indiana, Georgetown, Villanova, you got an ACC game wedged in there. Remember, they're, they're sprinkling in two ACC games before the turnover to the new year. Oh, by the way, happy new year, January 1st, Virginia. Eight o'clock game, ACC Network. God bless them. January 1st used to be for bowl games. Then it became the day for the NHL Outdoor Classic. Now the ACC Network's like, well, why don't we just run college basketball games all day? Just a gluttony of sports. And I'm, I am here for it. And then, of course, the normal ACC run, you get Duke twice. So we get the Coach K Retirement Tour twice. The social event of the season, Syracuse-Duke, February 26th. Now, I'm joking around in my column this morning, knowing that we have the date set, and of course the Coach K thing is going to be huge, but now that fans can come back in the building, the biggest question on everybody's mind, of course, is who's Adam Weissman bringing to the game? And lo and behold, I'm scrolling the social media today, and I see Adam Weissman in a pizza review with Dave Portnoy. One bite, everybody knows the rules, right? Guarantee we're going to get Portnoy courtside at a game. Is it the Duke game? My preference would be it's Josh Allen sitting courtside shortly after a triumphant Super Bowl victory. Because remember, this is late February. Maybe Brady comes back. Maybe instead of Jimmy Fallon, maybe this time we go Jimmy Kimmel. Right? But I'm sure the star-studded celebrity courtside seats will be filled with some recognizable names once again. But who gets the coveted spot at the... February 26th, Syracuse-Duke matchup. Uh, that's one of the only Saturday-Monday turnarounds Syracuse has in the slate, and it happens to be Duke in North Carolina. By the way, speaking of fans being back in the building and see how protocols and all that fun stuff goes, but there are nine 
Saturday home games this year. So you're getting your money's worth if you're a season ticket holder. It doesn't always work out that way. That's the best day to go. That's the, the games you want to go. Oh, I'm sorry, seven. No, no, I'm right. It's a total of nine, but seven of their ten conference home games Saturday. The regular season finale is against Miami on Saturday, March the 5th. That's going to be Buddy's last home game. Obviously, Jimmy's only eligible for a year. People will speculate that will be another last home game for a member of the Ben family, to which I will always respond, no, no, it's not. (laughs) That will be like in the year 2046. So don't be counting on that, but that will be an emotional day, certainly. And there you go. So little, got a little, little, little flavor, little spice, schedule set. But that non-conference run that I talked about, you drop a few of those, all of a sudden you got to make up ground in ACC play to keep that NCAA tournament resume on par. Now we all know what's going to happen here, right? Like let's just call it now. It's going to be another one of those years where Pat in Syracuse is calling me in the middle of February pulling his hair out because they don't have enough quality wins and we're going to get into all those metrics and quad wins and all that stuff, and then they're going to make the tournament and they're going to go to the Sweet 16. That's that's just what they do. So let's just embed that in our minds now, even though we won't remember this, that we said it on September 17th, but we know that's how this is going to go. But nine Saturdays, seven ACC Saturdays, Juicy non-conference games. You don't have to listen to Uncle Bob on Thanksgiving because you can just watch the game. Beautiful thing. Probably Baylor, but we'll see how it, how it plays out. That's a, that's a good schedule. That's a that's a meaty, meat-falling-off-the-bones Syracuse basketball schedule this year. Now, on the football front, they're trying to make a decision about the quarterback. If you don't think the Albany game is the game to make that decision. I guess the counter would be it's a timing thing. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. But in this case, it will matter because it's a controlled environment. It's more to me what the quarterbacks don't do versus what they do. Now, with Schrader, we have to see more of what he can do. With DeVito, like we know what he can do. It's a matter of what's he not doing that he should be at this point. Because the Albany game is going to allow you the opportunity to use the field, spread it out, get more receivers involved. Timing will be there. Now, DeVito got hit by some drops last week against Rutgers. Schrader overthrew a couple of wide-open receivers. So as the plan each gets a half, How do you split it up this time? Because they're both going to at least get opportunity here to grab the job, which is not ideal to be having that conversation. And look, Dino Babers has has said this. I don't want to be doing this right now, but it's kind of what we have to be doing right now. Here's Babers uh, describing uh, the the week of practice and kind of balancing all those things. The team has rebounded well. We were a little sluggish at one practice this week, but for the most part, the other two, big practices was, were really good and I thought they were really flowing around this morning and really uh, today was the best practice of the week by, by far by far it wasn't even close whether he knows or not they're making the call on the quarterback after this game well we're gonna make a decision after this game so I would love clarity if not we'll still make a decision after this game a little bit more on that well we're gonna 
Sorry, give me a second here. Here it is. I would like to see some clicking. I'd like to see the ball spread around from a throwing standpoint, all different areas. It doesn't matter whether they hit numerous, various receivers or stick with one or two receivers. I think that the command of the offense and just kind of that, uh, that swag that they can go out there and they can do this and the team wants to follow them. It would be really, it would be really good that when we start our, our ACC season, that uh, you know we've got one guy that's a starter and another guy ready to come in. If the starter's not doing so good, that'd be great. So that's Dino Babers right here on ESPN Syracuse. Yesterday, the clip before that was on his radio program over on TK ninety nine. So one way or the other, Syracuse is coming out of this weekend with a starting quarterback. And I, I think this is Babers' way. I wouldn't speak for him, but I think this is his way of saying, "Look, Devito, this is it. If you're going to take the job." and you're going to round out the vision we had together when we recruited you and all things considered, like, this is it. Show me and show everyone that it's time, and you will put a grapple hold on this job. Now, some, again, will say, well, it's just Albany. What does that prove? It's empty calories. It's not a team that, you know, he had his chance against Rutgers. He had his chance against Ohio. He had his chance in several other games we can list here despite injuries and some circumstances there, and I would not – strongly disagree with you if you feel that way. But at the very least, those of you that have said make the decision, bleep or get off the pot, or any of these other uh, cliches that we can throw out there, well, we're going to get it after this game, whether you think this is the game to make that decision or not. Speaking of decisions, fantasy football decisions, Brian Drake is going to help you with all of those when we come back. You stay right there.